The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. This episode of the 10-8 podcast is dedicated to the loving memory of Detective Darius DeBarros. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the New Year's Eve episode of the 108 Podcast. We can finally say goodbye to the dumpster fire that has been 2020, and we can welcome the next dumpster fire that is going to be 2021. In just a few moments, I have an interview with the very funny and very entertaining Officer Smith. But first, I want to talk a little bit about 2020. Now, I'm going to stand on my soapbox real quick. Now, all too often, I talk about stoicism. We know this. That's one of the things that I'm really interested in. And one of my favorite teachings of Stoicism is Amor Fati, which is to love fate. But it's so easy to get fixated on the negative. So, you know, we're trying to live life in the moment. Whatever happens, we're, we're loving it. We're not just accepting it. We're loving it. But it's tough. So what we're going to do, we are going to end this year truly loving everything that has happened to us okay good bad or indifferent maybe you met the love of your life maybe you got a new job that you love or you know maybe someone you know contracted covid and passed away or maybe your coworkers are assholes or maybe you're just chilling and trying to get by day by day and you're just doing your thing whatever the case may be whatever has happened to you whether it's today this week this year whatever We need to accept it for what it is and love it because, listen, this is the truth. We cannot change what has happened. You can have something good happen. You can have something bad happen. No amount of sadness, anger, even happiness is going to change it. I mean, happiness is good. We're good with that. But definitely the negatives, we we can't focus on it because it's not going to make a difference. We can only move forward from what has happened. And uh, this is what Ryan Holiday has to say about Amor Fati. Marcus Aurelius says that what you throw on top of a fire is fuel for the fire. So what you want to cultivate, what you have to practice, you have to almost repeat it like a mantra to yourself, is the practice of loving everything that happens. Not just accepting it, not just tolerating it, 
but leading into it, going, this is for me, I chose this, I want it this way, and it's the best fucking thing that ever happened to me. When the computer eats the manuscript you've been working on, you say, Amor Fati, I love it. When you're stuck in traffic, you say, Amor Fati, I love it. When you're criticized on Twitter, when your boss calls you out, you say, Amor Fati, I love it, I'm gonna be better for this having happened to me. When you're hungry, you say, I love it, I'm alive, I feel this. I'm gonna make the most of it. You say amor fati. When you lose someone you love, it might seem crazy to say amor fati, but no amount of anger, no amount of resentment, no amount of sadness brings them back. So you, you take what you can from this. That's what amor fati is. You use it as fuel, you become better from it, you become improved by it. Of all the stoic thoughts and practices, this is the one I struggle with, but I also believe that this is the most important. I think it really is the, the center point to mastering your thoughts. You can't be extra emotional. You can't be sad. You can't be angry. You can't be worried or anxious if you just take everything and let it roll off your back. My sister always makes comment that I just don't care about things. And that's not the case at all. I think I just have reached the point in my life where I'm very, very selective about what it is I am worrying about but I, I've worked very hard to not be a victim of my emotions like I, I've been very open in the past that when bad things happen I get very very down on myself but it's something that I need to work on and it's something that we all need to work on and I think if if we make a conscious effort we can really get past that and I believe 2020 has definitely been a year for everybody not just law enforcement to really start focusing on the stoic philosophies memento mori remember death uh, amor fati love fate the obstacles the way i've talked about it previously and i've been in in contact with a lot of guys with stoicism bill morrow the Sto stoic cop and brady tucker with books behind the badge you should really read meditations by marcus aurelius i'm not i'm not getting into 75 hard yet uh, i've been kind of testing myself with it without being officially into 75 hard but I think I'm going to start the new year with reading meditations and then kind of going from there. Uh, I've been reading different stuff for different reasons, but I think meditations need to happen. So let's all do that. Let's, uh, let's focus on really improving Amor Fati and uh, reading meditations. I think that would be good. All right, so speaking about getting past uh, things, we're going to go past this conversation and we're going to move on to the interview for today, and it's with the very funny Officer Smith. If you haven't seen his videos, they've been on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. That's where I first saw it, uh, his first video. Well, not his first video, but the first video of his I saw was a Facebook video talking about his dispatchers, and it really resonated home with me. If you've never seen an Officer Smith video, I can't show you the video, but here's the audio of one of his videos. It's, it's hilarious. Let me ask you something. Have the words of road closed changed? If I turn my back to a sign, does it somehow magically change into something else? I mean, come on, somebody tell me that road still means road and closed still means closed. 
like to go to church when I can. I don't know that I ever missed a vacation Bible school as a kid, and I remember all the good stories of the Bible, and not one story do I recall. Some, like, stepbrother of Noah named, like, like Leroy or something that God called to build a ferry to bring all the morons and dipshits, bringing them two by two down to a flood area of a community to stare at the water, bringing them two by two down to the water to see that magical sign and everybody look at it like it's a burning bush. Like, what's that mean? What does it really mean? It means closed. People roll up that thing and will still ask you. I mean, like, look you right in the face after looking at the sign and go, is that road closed? I don't even have the patience. I don't, no matter if I try or not. It, it's not like it's a confusing environment. We're talking about a flood where a, where a road used to be and a sign that encourages you not to go down that road, not to mention the cruiser sitting beside it with the lights on and the guy dressed like me going, I can't go this way, you gotta, you gotta move. And most people, I mean, most people just need to get the hint, they'll just keep right on rolling and there's gonna be that one that rolls up and got a four-wheel drive pickup truck and roll that window down and look at you and go, the road closed? Yeah, that road's closed, can't go through there. Yep, well, uh, I got a, I got a four-wheel drive. A few moments later. Oh, I feel dumb. I'm sorry. I, I, it's been a long day. A lot of people come through here and in your regular cars and, and in regular trucks. Nothing like this fancy thing all jacked up in the air and four by four right there on the side of the door. And I feel like an idiot. I didn't realize it was a four-wheel drive. I tell you what, I, I noticed all that. But what I didn't notice is it don't have a set of twin-out boards sticking off the rear bumper hanging down by that plastic set of oversized bull balls and your bumper sticking that says these collars don't run. I don't care about your four-wheel drive. All that means is four-wheel float. So I want you to move along, follow the rest of these red ants because you cannot go here. The sign ahead of me should have told you so. But I'll tell you the ones that I absolutely cannot deal with taking my Jesus is a Prius. Rolling up to this sign, looking at it like I put it there for him. It doesn't say, is this road closed? It's, why can't we go through here? 12 seconds later. You know, I'll tell you what happened. It was the most crazy thing. And I understand you got a lot of things going through your mind, like right now, like where can I find my safe place? And, and do I stand up or sit down when I pee? Am I an Innie or an Audi? Well, I'll tell you what happened is Willy Wonka's chocolate factory around the corner started spewing out all this chocolate milk and it covered the road. Now, I know what you're thinking. This man's only talking to me this way and not letting me through because he don't identify with the way I identify. Well, let me tell you something, honey. If you ain't identifying as a fish, booby, or life jacket, you just can't go through here. That Signs should have explained that the road is closed because of the fact it's sitting underwater. <laughs> if you ever have experienced anything like that or any of these other videos, they're just it's spot on. He definitely uh, he tells it how it is, and really it's it's speaking the inner thoughts of cops. It is. So um, my interview is just going to be a little bit to get to know about the cop comedian in a more personal level. Uh, it's a great conversation. I think you're going to like it. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have that, and then we are going to wrap up the show um, with a little something different. So, stay tuned, strap in, strap on, and here we go.
So I was probably maybe a year, a year and a half on, and I'm I'm a deputy sheriff, so we cover our whole county. It's a big county on square miles, but we are situated in like like the asshole of Appalachia. So <laughs> it's country, country down here. So a traditional domestic violence uh, for a city may look a little different down here. And I ended up getting sent as the second or third car to back up on a domestic and an apartment complex. And when I get there, now I'm young, right? So I'm like rolling in hot and thinking, you know, all kinds of crazy shit was going to go down. And I get there and there's a squad there, but nobody's really moving around. And the two deputies that I was uh, showing up to back up, they're kind of outside the complex by their cruisers. Nobody's really moving around. So I you know, walk down like, hey, you know, what, what's going on? I was like, well, it's, it's got an apartment, you know, hey, whatever. Um, like, what's everybody doing? Well, we've already we've already removed the, the suspect. He's in the back of this cruiser. Um, the victim's down there um, still filling out a statement, whatever. Once you go, you know, go finish that up. Well, I start walking down the steps. It's kind of like a basement apartment and a big complex. So I go down the steps, find the apartment. Squad guys are kind of coming with me, but they're like staying back like I'm the only one that has not got the ticket cashed in for the front you know, front row seat for the shit show. <laughs> and I, I walk in and the squad guys are like, hey, he's in the back hallway um, to the left, there's a bedroom back there. So I like walk back to the bedroom and and you can hear what sounds like somebody's still getting their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Nobody's moving around but me. I go back into that bedroom to find the male victim who was still in bed, who was unable to get up because uh, the uh, the suspect had taken a master lock and had secured the master lock in the lock position just right above where the berries meet the twig. Like, you know, that's oh. like... <laughs> now, apparently what had went down was uh, the argument, whatever was the night before. This is early morning, four or five o'clock in the morning. They were drinking. Uh, she had found out that he uh, he had maybe stepped out on her. Mm-hmm. Um, he denied it. She proved it to herself when he passed out and decided the best course of action would be to secure the balls. <laughs> so nobody could, uh, <laughs> so nobody could, could have him. Well, if you uh, think about it, I don't, I'm talking about a big master lock either. I'm talking about like a locker size. So mm-hmm. the U-shaped bar is not that big. Well, it was in a position that cut off the circulation, uh, kind of like what bands in a uh, cow would be like. So he passes out drunk, wakes up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and old boy's bag was, well, it looked like somebody had like a bald smurf in a headlock. <laughs> you, got, you got that image? Yeah, no, got I got the image? visual, yep. Yeah, like taking a cigarette butt and sticking it on top of a blue bowling ball. Do you, you get that image? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm here. So there's nothing they could really do, right? They couldn't cut it off there. They were going to try to use that ring thing that uh, medics carry, you know, like to cut a, a wedding ring off of a finger. <laughs> I just stayed over in the corner and prayed. I prayed for that fella. That's probably the top shelf, one of the weirdest ones. But like I like I say, it's like I'm I'm 21 years. I started August 4th. So like after year two, everything became semi-normal. <laughs> right. To go back and think about the first thing I saw that was like, you're going to pay me to come to people's houses, to a stranger's <laughs> house, and involve myself in something like this. Right. That's crazy. I don't I don't think I've had master lock around the balls yet. So that, And I've, well, I've got you, five years, but I'm sure it's going to come. If you do, let me, uh, let me recommend you don't touch it. Just don't touch it. <laughs> just, just leave it be. Um, I, I, I don't know what the follow-up is to that. I know they carted that fellow out there in the squad. And uh, it was like 
like watching your friend from when you're like little and you move away and you're like in the back of the station wagon watching your friend drive off. That's, that's, that was, that was like that day. Like, I don't know where you're going, man, but I'm going to pray for you from clear back here. I hope it's somewhere better than here. Yeah. Hope it's somewhere better. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good story. That's a good one. Well, uh, I do want to thank you and welcome you to the 10 podcast. Thanks a lot for giving me a little bit of your time so we can, uh, get to know you. Uh, so thank you for the story and thanks for joining. Yeah, absolutely. It was a hell and a half getting this to actually happen, but where there's a wilderness. I'm like, I'm the forgotten piece of Ohio. So like cell phone service here puts you in a different social class. If you've got Wi-Fi that doesn't sound like dial up, um, it puts you on a different, like completely different stratosphere of a social class. I had to drive 10 miles from home to find enough cell phone signal to make this phone call. Yes, it's been a well, task to get on with you. Well, it is definitely uh, – I appreciate it, and uh, I think you're probably the only person that's had to travel to be on this show, so that's that's pretty yeah. cool. So I appreciate that. Um, no what we've tried to – yeah, we've tried to make this happen for what, like two, three weeks now? Uh, yeah, before – well, my birthday was the 22nd, so it was the week before that. So, yeah, at least uh, third week. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, where there's a will, there's a way. So thank you again. Um, so I'm sure people are familiar with who you are, but for those that aren't, go ahead and introduce yourself, and we will kind of roll from there. Well, my less popular name is Rick Smith, uh, police officer in Southeast Ohio. Um, where most people, uh, I guess, know me from would be from social media. I go as Officer Smith on social media. Primarily, it was Facebook, and now I'm kind of into Instagram and. Um, Got into a fight a little bit ago with TikTok, but I'm on TikTok. So I go as Officer Smith on social media. Very nice. So uh, so you did start on Facebook? Yep, started on Facebook. Okay, okay. Because I remember like I, we were talking a couple weeks ago when we were starting this, that that's where I saw you first, but I wasn't sure, you know, which, where where it all started. So that's pretty cool. Um, and you said that you are a cop in Ohio, or you're a, you're a yep. deputy in, in Ohio. Deputy sheriff, yep. Yeah, my okay. boots. I come home with uh, with mud on my boots. I had a deputy Mu- sheriff in Southeast Ohio. <laughs> mud and a little bit of cow manure, probably. Well, it's sort of a cologne here. Um, <laughs> we re- we respect our livestock. I thought when you said cop, I started picturing the uh, like pavement ready, you know, boys in blue, and 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 that's just not me. Although I can't say I've not donned that outfit before. Actually, the Officer Smith thing started. Uh, I was a city cop. Still in southeast Ohio, a few counties away from where I'm, I'm at now. This is home here to me, where I'm at now. Uh, I did a, a city cop thing for five years, and, and I just – I guess I missed the grass on my feet. Got it. Yeah, I get you. So so how long have you been in law enforcement? My uh, 21st year started August 4th. Okay. So so you, you've kind of bounced between agencies. So you said you're a deputy now. You were a cop before. What were you before that? Actually, so the the short version is I started where I'm I'm back to now. I worked okay. uh, here where I'm at now for about 15 years, give or take a few months, one direction or the other. Um, I was actually teaching uh, criminal justice, high school juniors and seniors at the same time I was a deputy sheriff. I um, on a Christmas break got contacted by a, a detective from the city I worked at, who he and I had worked in a uh, uh, drug task force, major crimes task force together, called me up out of the blue on a Christmas break and was like, hey, man, we're looking for a provisional hire here in the city. You want to come up and, and go to work? And for whatever reason, whether I was uh, looking for a change or 
just thought he was full of shit. I decided to go and work for that city for about five years. That's when the Officer Smith thing kind of started and um, had the opportunity to come back home. So I'm back in the county where I started at. Gotcha. Didn't You didn't like the city life or you just preferred county life? You know, uh, to be honest with you, the job was the same to me no matter where I've worked. And I've, I've worked with guys uh, in larger areas, big cities. I've worked with guys that are the only marshal in the town that they work at. And I can tell you that the job by itself, as it stands, is the same everywhere. The guys I worked with were just as good as, as the guys I work with now. And, and gals, too. I'd, we had female officers where I went. My sister is a sergeant where I'm at now. Um, I've never had a department, big, small, or in the middle, um, that didn't feel the same. For me, it was coming back. I worked uh, we worked 12s. I was about an hour and 20 minutes from that PD. Um, I've got two older kids that are into sports. And, and, you know, like any other cop, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, still in a, a knit-together family um, or there's a separation. You still you still miss a lot with your kids regardless of that schedule. Mm-hmm. That drive was killing me. Had the opportunity to come home. Here we take our cruisers home, so I cut the drive completely out of my driveway and uh, get to see my kids more. That's so awesome. That's, that's, uh, that was the big move back. Yeah, no, I understand that. So I would say you you may have the most time on as any guest I've had. I had someone from uh, California. I think he's around the same. So you've obviously had your time on the job. What are some of the things, what are some of the highlights as far as like specialized units or promotions or anything? What, what are some of the things you've done in your career? I like how you like skirted right past all those words just to say, so you're the oldest asshole we've ever had on the show. Um, <laughs> what have you done in your, you know, what have you done in the prehistoric time to the 2020 time? So I have gone through, um, for me, if you knew the area, um, I don't, I don't feel like I have missed any opportunity that I wouldn't have had at a larger department. Um, I've been in patrol on the like, uh, routine patrol top side of things. Um, if you know any deputy sheriffs in your area, there is a distinct difference between the type of patrol that goes on in, you know, town or city cops to uh, the county, the environment, everything is just, it's just different. So I've had the patrol side. Um, actually, believe it or not, because some of my videos started off with uh, giving dispatch a hard time, I actually started as a dispatcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never actually worked in corrections as far as like, you know, county jail corrections, but where I where I'm at as far as this part of Southeast Ohio, most deputies will start off in corrections. I've been in plain clothes on just criminal investigation, like major crimes. I've been uh, UC with, with narcotics. That was probably the longest time that I spent was, uh, with, was dope work. My favorite, um, like, like subcategory of the, of the dope work was, uh, was a meth tech. I got to, uh, go in, neutralize, break apart meth labs. Did some of that while I was teaching. I got a Breaking Bad tattoo on my arm because I could leave, actually leave my class to uh, respond to labs that were found in the county, and my students got a kick out of that, so I got dubbed Mr. White in my classroom. <laughs> uh, SRT, our SRTs are set up a little bit different in, in smaller counties in, in southeast Ohio. There's not really it's not really anything I don't think that I, that I haven't done that I'm looking forward to do you know, in the future. I feel like I've covered it all. But by far the the most rewarding, I guess, uh, would have would have been the narcotics work. Nice, nice. Um, so while you're out there doing doing the Walter White thing, any like crazy meth lab explosions, anything like that, or I actually didn't have any on. If we unfortunately, this is what I and when I would teach this as an in service too, we, we would do when when shake and bake labs were popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we were in. Uh, all kinds of different settings, uh, different professions, different companies, 
um, everything from from like trash companies that were picking up garbage on the street to children's services to our court personnel to give them some in-service training on what to look for as far as the way they were doing the shake and bake stuff because I mean you could find it anywhere and for the most part here uh, when a cook was done with their with their cooking the car they would just toss it out in someone's driveway right and it was getting so bad that you know we felt it as equal if not more important to educate the public as we did our own officers um so we didn't have and i would do this in the end service like you know i the number's going to sound crazy um the way that the labs were recorded would be like an individual bottle not so much as you arrested john doe at this address for a meth lab it was john doe at this address who had like 65 vessels that he was mm-hmm. creating methamphetamine in so the numbers would get gigantic and i was in this like you know several thousand labs that i had handled with and literally like bare hand to hand or not bare handed, but, you know, handled and never had any of them ever that we knew of, you know, there was some course arsons and or suspected arsons or maybe an area that we were watching for labs where there would be a fire, but we're talking about, you know, household cleaners and, and mm-hmm. garbage used to make these labs. And if it, if it got burned up, it wasn't just in the right spot. It was hard to determine if it was a lab explosion or not. So, on paper, um, I don't know of any that ever blew up here as far as the bad guy cooking it. Now, look up to the other side when the good guys show up, and right. we're all suited up in the right shit, and we're doing the right thing. We're, you know, we're delicately handling these things. And, yeah, I had several go off while we were neutralizing them or trying to, quote, make them safe for transport to ha- for a hazmat disposal. Had a few right. of them go off that way. Yeah, I've seen – I think it – I want to say it was somewhere in Arizona. There was a training video – and they're showing how to burp a bottle or how it's supposed to be done, and then he drops it, and the whole place just, like, lights up. It's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And all the stuff that we were wearing, the, the, the suits that we were wearing, and the APR, the mask, you know, those things were, like, being tested in Afghanistan. There were some high-end, you know, like, blast suits that had some, you know, uh, fire retardant properties to it, uh, chemical barriers, you know, all this safety stuff. And we are, you know, carrying it like it's a fragile egg. And it go off. And then you look in the back of a cruiser and see a bean-toothed guy with no hair, you're weighing about 115 pounds, shaking like a dog sitting peach seeds, who didn't have a burn mark on him. <laughs> right. Or you'd ask him, like, after the fact, you know, what do you do to keep yourself safe? He's like, well, I don't ever. I don't ever <laughs> with my lab bottles unless I'm wearing this right here. And it'd be like a paper dust mask. That right, got right. Like a, you know, a Royal King somewhere. Yeah. So there was no rhyme or reason. We had them go off whenever we would uh, – you know, get them neutralized and separate the chemicals out. But I don't know if any of that ever actually went off that was determined as a lab that exploded. Gotcha, gotcha. Is is meth still big up there? Because I know down here it is, but, like, we don't see many labs anymore. So not to get, like, I don't want to say political. I, I think what we've done here, and it seems to be, because I have, you know, I've got still got friends that I've made uh, through networking over the years that work uh, different agencies, state, federal, local, different states. And social media has been huge with me on being able to, like, communicate with officers, not just here in the U.S., but actually, you know, outside the country. And it seems like the states that were really dealing with uh, the shake-and-bake uh, one-pot method, their states did like we did, and we over-legislated the one-pot method is what we did. We we basically forced, in my opinion, we forced people that were cooking methamphetamine on the, say, the recreational um, user side of it, Versus the lucrative, you know, drug dealer sitting in a mansion somewhere that nobody ever catches. We took that ability to cook one pot, uh, shake and bake meth, and we 
we hit it with so many different pieces of legislation and stiffer penalties that we forced them back into crystal meth. Right. So what what we saw here was like overnight, you know, the one pot labs were just obsolete. Um, the yeah. cost versus demand was ridiculous. It would, you know, just to get a box of Sudafed for somebody, the the tracking of that was just becoming impossible. And by the time they bought it or got the stuff they needed to make it, you know, they're spending three or four hundred dollars on household items that they had to go through, like couriers to get a box yeah. of Sudafed that cost them seventy five bucks. Um, and if they got caught with that stuff, you know, they were looking at charges for the possession, charges for the assembly of the chemicals, right. and charges the for the manufacturing. Yeah. So you were looking at, you know, one guy in his car with a lunchbox with two bottles and some chemicals in it. He was looking at, you know, ballpark figure of maximum punishment at like 16 mm-hmm. years in prison. But if you catch me with, you know, a couple of grams of ice in my pocket, it's an F5. It's 12 months here maximum. Right, so we right. pushed that one pot thing to be obsolete. Now crystal meth is coming in and... You know, it's all bad. Don't get me wrong. It's all bad shit. But to deal with somebody today, uh, what the difference I've seen from methamphetamine from a one-pot shake-and-bake lab to crystal meth, you know, dog the bounty hunter, ice, and all the crap that they're doing with it now, um, I would deal with somebody make it, somebody on shake-and-bake methamphetamine over somebody on ice any day. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that becomes that, like, walking dead, you know, image and uh, the violence, the shit that they're mixing it with. Mm-hmm. Um, ISIS made a well, you know one heck of a comeback here. Yeah, I think uh, what I've noticed on on my patrols and, and when I'm working, you know, I've even talked to some meth heads and like we're like, yeah, we got some intel that someone's cooking here. He goes, Nah, man, no one's cooking here. Like, no it's, one's too cooking. Ex- it's too expensive. It's easier just to get it from you know the the like you're saying the dealer who goes all the way back to the cartel. Like, nothing is homegrown anymore. So you're absolutely right. And now we're even getting where people are overdosing on ice because it's getting laced with fentanyl. And it's like, it's just getting worse and worse because what what I've learned, again, is that people are mixing either the cartel or whoever's cutting it is mixing it with that, or the users are mixing it because they like that high and low at the same time. And it, it just increases their high. So it's just crazy how drug use has evolve so much in just this short time, let alone the the overall narrative of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, here, you know, there was, you know, weed is, you know, popular in country counties and certainly here in Southeast Ohio. And it has become almost an obsolete thing where, yeah, you know, yeah. you just don't hear about it. And then you would, they had a run with, uh, uh, with crack cocaine. It was, you know, it was here hot and heavy for several years overnight. It, it's, it's just this overnight switch. It doesn't just, typically taper off and then something picks back up. It seems that heroin, fentanyl, and and crystal meth is unfortunately here to stay. And like you're saying, you know, the locals that are getting it is certainly not coming from here. And I've had that same argument with people that are in the meth world here. Like someone's taking it. I'd like to see it, you know, because Mm -hmm. the the idea of what type of lab somebody would have to have in this area, especially where I'm at, um, it would stand out like a sore thumb smacked with a hammer to make it a sore thumb again. There's no way that it's sitting here. It's coming by way of the cities, which is coming by way of outside the country. Right, um, right. It's, exactly. And it's hard for us to stop that as far as local. We just we put up a 12-round fight, three-minute rounds every day, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully get a draw at the end, uh, hopefully never catch you know a W at the end. But the idea of stopping it, unfortunately, is certainly uh, a, a myth is what right. I believe. It's a, it's a false narrative that we hold hope to. Is what it is. Right. Yeah. It's you know I saw something when Oregon was going and passing their uh, 
decriminalization of all hard narcotics or whatever is that the drugs have won the war on drugs is basically what it is. And, you know, like down here in Florida, at least in certain districts, I can't speak for the whole state, but, um, you know, their probation is the way to go. Like if you get someone on purely possession charges, they're not going to serve time. They really need to have something else. And, you know, so you, you stop someone at the most, they're going to get probation, but let's be honest, they're probably going to be out. So I don't know. Yeah. So, but it is what it is. Like you say, we, we just get dressed, we go to work, we do it all over again. And then we do that for 30 years and then, you know, then we die. Um, (laughs) so when, so we'll, we'll kind of take a step aside from like the hard law enforcement talk real quick, but, um, when did you start making your social media videos? So I get myself confused on this because what I had actually done was when Snapchat, well, for me, I'm, I'm remember prehistoric. I got Snapchat <laughs> probably late in life. And then I was, and I never read book on it, anything with my phones. I don't read like how to's with apps. I just get an app and mess with it. And I've got a, I've got a twin brother. I've put that out a little bit here and there through across my social medias. I've got a twin brother. He is like, if we were creating a movie, he would be the one that the parents kept upstairs when they had company over and introduced their son. And I would have been the shithead in the basement chained to a wall playing in the dog shit. <laughs> our personalities are, our personalities, if you got us in the same room, we feed off each other, but he is by far the, 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 the better of the decision makers, we'll say. Now, believe it or not, he was a cop for, I think, about 10 years. We got to work at the same agency together. That was a blast with drunks. Um, then he, he went on to some other things, got involved in politics, and became a county commissioner here. Okay. Well, he's also a, and this is what typically catches people off guard, he's also a preacher. And they're like, yeah, brother's a preacher. It's like, no, i got a twin that's a preacher. And that's where the <laughs> upstairs to downstairs kid kind of thing comes from. But we have the same sense of humor. And we're always after each other one way or the other. It doesn't matter if it's public, if it's across our personal social medias, we're always after each other. And I knew that he was going to be in uh, Columbus uh, at the time, that the, at that time, that governor that we had back then, when he first took his uh, seat as commissioner here. And I thought, well, he's he's too old school with his phone. I can, I'm going to make him a video and I'll send it to him. And I ended up, I was messing around with Snapchat. First time I ever touched a filter, didn't know how them things worked. And I recorded when Snapchat was at 60 seconds or less, recorded the video, figured out how to save it, and I sent it to him by text mm-hmm. and knew that he would open it. He, it wouldn't matter if he was sitting there talking to the governor, if he was in the bathroom having dinner, he would open it. Mm-hmm. And he opened it, and it caught him off guard, and haha, I got my laugh. Well, to get me back, he sent that video via messenger, I believe it was, through a page here in Ohio called Ohio Going Blue, which, you know, I'm not with the intentions of plugging anybody, but that page is just awesome for our state. Uh, there's a lot of uh, city officers up in the Franklin County, Columbus area that started that page up, and it is very pro, very pro law enforcement. And it's not just Ohio content, but they really stick with Ohio content. Um, officers getting injured, and unfortunately, the ones that we're losing the line of duty, the page is just awesome. But anyway, he sends, see, he sends it to them. Well, they post it. But what was helping me is that they just posted like it was just a regular video, so it looked like their content. Well, it got some hits on it, so they're messaging him back asking if he had any more. Well, he couldn't tell him it wasn't him. He was like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And then he messes with me to have me make another one. I don't know that it's on there yet. Right. Until, right. like, the second one that I sent him, and then I see it on their page. I'm like, wait a minute, asshole. Like, that's my video. So I'm messaging <laughs> him back like, did you send that to them? He's like, yeah, here, this, this is the person that messaged me back. You need to message them. So I messaged them and, and got on the phone with one of their admins. And, and I had never built a page. I didn't know how that stuff worked. Um, had regular Facebook. 
Anyway, the, the admin there kind of walked me through on how to, to start a page. I started it, made it private, just a place to dump some videos. I had a you know handful of people from my personal page that was on there. I had some things occur at the uh, PD that I was working at at the time I created the page that just inspired me to turn that thing public. Mm-hmm. And when I turned that thing public is when it um, it started to take off. And I jumped from there to to uh, Instagram by way of my older two kids. My son's a genius. And like, Dad, you better start putting that out there on these other places or someone's going to take your stuff. So in like a, a week's time, we started just putting a YouTube channel. And anytime a social media app started, we created an Officer Smith page for it. Nice. So that way you didn't didn't miss that train, so to speak. Yeah, that was. I think that was like the, somewhere in seventeen. Okay. Okay. Is when I started. Gotcha. So once you started uh, going off, and you know, really started taking it off, did your coworkers notice it? I mean, how? I mean, obviously you said people from your personal, but as it started growing, what was the initial response to the people close to you, whether it be your coworkers or supervisors or whatever? So coworkers, um, as far as at least to my face, they all seemed to enjoy it. Um, I had, a, I think I had at least what I would call it now. I didn't necessarily have a definition back then, but what I what I would refer to it now is, you know, it's it's a parody. It's it's not, it's not the way. Now, if people that know me personally, they'll say, oh, that boy, his personality is just like that Officer Smith guy. And on the on the human side of life, which you know apparently cops can't be anymore. Yeah, that right. is my personality. I'm snarky. I'm sarcastic, but I I do it with. With humor in mind, I don't do it with malice intent, nothing like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And coworker-wise, they loved it. Administration-wise, where I was at before, uh, did not care for it as much. And um, I tried to at the time. Um, you know, I'm sound a little bit redneck, I guess, but I'm you know I'm an educated guy, a college degree, um, and I tried to see his point, see that administrative point, and it just wasn't there. And mm-hmm. that point not being where it was at. Is uh, and of course inside policy and all that stuff too, is what actually made me turn it public. And when I mm-hmm. turned it public, um, maybe it's an adult way of saying, you know, listen, you could have handled me different, but since you wanted to handle me that way, here's how, here's how I'm going to respond to that. Now I'm going to let anybody that wants to see it see it, and we'll see mm-hmm. what it happens after that. Now, flash forward to 2020, the administration that I have now is great with it. I mean, I, I'm inside our department policy. And there's been some benefit uh, to that social media, not just for this community, but like today, you know, I was dropping some goat guns. I don't know if you've ever seen those things. Uh, they're like die-cast, uh, die-cast guns. I was dropping some goat guns and some pictures with my, you know, I still find it funny when someone asks me for an autograph, but some pictures autographed to a couple boys in South Carolina, you know, that had a horrible couple of years and lost their dad. And I got a message from the mom that was like, you know, Boy's got to thank you for this. And she had bought a couple of those goat guns. I'm like, well, I got some. I'm going to send to them. You know, it, and I've been able to raise some money with our for our um, uh, shop with a cop program last year. And we I think we raised a total. I'm not sure what the county did, but like as far as Officer Smith goes, it was like six grand raised. And oh wow, we were able to we were able to put you know like fifteen hundred with the shop for a cop and our shop with a cop. We put like a grand at Job and Family Services for the Angel Tree for the you know, the kids that are on assistance, um, we were able to do a couple of nursing homes and do like their angel trees there. And it's like, you know, I wouldn't have been able to pull that stuff off uh, at all. My heart's there, but, you know, to, to be able to to reach out to a, a group of supporters that I have uh, through my pages, tell them what my idea was and what we were trying to do in this community, 
I would have never been able to do without it. Mm-hmm. And I try, you know, as often as I can to, to give something back to as many people as I can because it's it's fun for me. It's my release. It's my yeah. gym. It's my it's my place to go scream and throw punches in a heavy bag. It's my social media. And when I saw the positive to it, and I don't mean just the stuff I told you. I'm talking about opening a message from somebody that I don't know that tells me where their depression level had been for the last year and how many times they had contemplating suicide, how many times they had felt like that there was nothing, uh, there was no joy left in the world, and they catch a video or a silly meme or something like that, and it changed their mood. It changed them to be like that that day was just completely reversed. You know, how, why would you want it stopped? You know, why? Yeah, yeah. If, and, and that's where I'm I'm at now. I'm, I'm like full tilt in it um, as long as it lasts. I hope it lasts because I enjoy doing it. But there's been more reasons as a positive for people, um, coworkers, uh, colleagues that I don't know, um, than just making, you know, stupid videos and getting a, getting a laugh out of somebody. It's right. got motive now, and that's what I'm into it for. Yeah, no, and I, I can uh, relate to that completely because when I started making my memes and my page, I did it out of pure boredom. I did it out of, you know, making my coworkers laugh, making, you know, and then as I made the page and it started growing, that was cool seeing people enjoy it. I've always liked entertaining and, 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 uh, cheering people up. But like you said, when I got private messages from people that I hadn't even known and they said that, oh, you know, this traumatic event happened and, and your memes, you know, kind of kept me out of the gutter or, you know, things like that. It really, it's the only reason why I'm still doing it. Like, I could have stopped making memes when it first started, you know, like, at least on the public face of it. So you, you make a very good point with that. So your your agency knows about it. They're, they were, your current agency has been completely supportive. That's great. Have you received any backlash negatively, publicly, about any of your content? Oh, absolutely. I was just uh, flipping through TikTok. Um I say flipping through TikTok. I'm starting to hate that app with a raw. <laughs> I'm talking like a absolute hate. This community guidelines thing that's going on with social media is about to just, it's probably the most disgusting display. And I want you to hear the, hear me out on this. And, and it's a word play. I'm a word playing guy. If you take social media, this is what gets me with, and I don't want to say like not locals. It's just human beings. Your social media is a valid current existing part of our culture. It's not a mm-hmm. subculture anymore. It's not a way to communicate. It is a it is a real piece of our culture, and it's got a controlling interest to it that is. I mean, if you're on TikTok especially, and I think I see Instagram doing it occasionally. Facebook it hits and misses with me. Um, I know some other officers that have huge platforms that get hit all the time, and there's no doubt they're not even trying to hide it anymore. That they're just coming after first responder style pages, uh, probably dominantly cop pages. Mm-hmm. And I, I I post a 15 second video on TikTok and get hit with a community guideline violation for promoting violence and graphic violence and bullying or some shit like that. And it was a video that I took from TikTok. So <sighs> it's like this, you know, this video goes viral on TikTok and it, and it happened here in Ohio. It was, I think it was Xenia, uh, where old boy ran his flat just a little bit too much and got, uh, instead of five across the eyes, he got like a twisted T upside the head in the gas station. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Old boy deserved every bit of it. So far, Instagram hasn't tore me down yet. It's still posted on Instagram. It got taken down on TikTok. And I'm thinking, all right, TikTok, I've watched, you know, every possible sexual act with partial clothing happen across your your app. 
um, age verified my ass and right. they hold it up as an anthem. A cop gets on there and posts a, uh, you know, a memorial video of an officer getting killed in the line of duty and it gets taken down for bullying. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Um, I have gotten some negative feedback that way. I have actually gotten a guy from Colorado, if you believe this, had called my office where I'm currently at, which, you know, I get it. Social media, it's the internet. You can find out whatever you want. This guy tracks me down on a video that I made probably two years ago. Now, I, I don't expect your listeners or yourself to know everything I put out there. I certainly would think it was cool as shit if you did. But I made a video with two ladies fighting in the middle of the street. Now, I, I pull most of my videos off of social media and edit myself in the video okay. um, as if I was responding to it. And these two ladies were fighting in the street. One of them had, like, a piece of gutter or something in her hand. And there's Officer Smith interacting with them. Right. Now, I'm filtered, man. My face is shaped, you know, like Kermit the Frog's mouth. Yeah, right. And this guy calls the office to file a complaint on me for impersonating a police officer. So it went through some some ranked officers there. It went through some sergeants, and they were like, in my eyes, (laughs) I don't ever think. So they're like, wait a minute, how do you how do you impersonate a police officer? Impersonating a police officer. How do you do that? Right. And you're playing one on social media, so how do you do that? Well, after a while, they were kicking this guy around until he ends up to the major. And I get called to the major's office, and he's like, I, I tried. I tried to listen to this guy's complaint. He said that he um, he felt like that you should not be allowed. Are you following me on this? Mm-hmm. I'm you right shouldn't be allowed to – shouldn't have been allowed to get out of the cruiser, use my body cam footage – to insult a woman's feet by making a statement. I think in the video I said something about, are you walking on your hands or something like that? <laughs> and so the major's response was like, do you think that's that's really him? And the response that he got back was, are you trying to tell me that it wasn't? Yeah, asshole, that's the guy we got working here. <laughs> yeah, face swelled up like a bastard cat, no shirt. Is the guy respond? Yeah, that, that, that's him. So I've gotten some backlash that way, but like I said, my administration is is understanding in the, in the culture. It, it's not something that I do on duty, even though I'll get comments after comments about taxpayer dollar my ass and mm-hmm. all that stuff about my content is done in my driveway if you see a cruiser in it, or it's done in my personal vehicle if I'm sitting down. If I'm out walking around, I could be anywhere from you know behind my house to an empty parking lot somewhere. I do that on my off time because I enjoy it on my off time, but, no, you know, haters aren't going to believe that. But right. they're not who I'm in it for, so it doesn't bother me. Um, I've noticed here lately the worst, and I say worst, it's not bad for me. I, I appreciate the traction. Um, videos that I make that are that sniffs around the, uh, anything that's highlighted by politics right now is mm-hmm. where I, I'll take most of the hate comments from. And right. I'll tell you, those are the ones I try to clap back on because, I, you know, I get it that I don't have – you don't have to be a fan – to be a follower in social media, um, and I'll catch some of these comments, dude, I'll go full in with them. And the reason why is because I will make an educated point, even though it might be dipped in sarcasm and, and like, triple-coded and smart-ass, but there's a point to it. There's an educated point to it. Right. Somebody wants to drop on a comment or slide in a DM with the, you know, all cops are bastard things or bootlick or that, I'm gonna, I'm going to say some shit to you. Right, um, right. I've never blocked anybody, believe it or not. I have been blocked a few times, but I have never blocked anybody. Uh, so to answer that in a long form, um, yep, I, I catch some hate. 
but it doesn't change anything. Well, that's good. That's good that, you know, you're still able to do your thing to, uh, you know, I, I get this. Well, I don't get the same, but I get similar comments and you're right. If it's usually it's around any joke about use of force, it's about any joke about politics is that that's when they all come out. I don't know how they find it, but they, they seem to find it. And we, we had a conversation about this the other day where I was like, I don't even, I mean, sometimes I will, like if I'm in a good mood, I'll go in and, and try to unravel them with logic, but they, their arguments aren't based on logic. So that's why I just kind of let them play with themselves. You know, they get, you know, it's kind of like if uh you see a, you know, arguing around with a pig in the mud or whatever it is that's saying, then you're just going to be covered in mud. So I don't usually do it, but I, you know, I appreciate you taking taking the hits for us because I mean, oh, I'll you tell know. you what, the video that I did, it's on, it's it's actually I'm getting it back from Facebook. I tell you, the shit that's behind the scenes of social media kills me. I just dropping videos is all I was doing before, and now I'm getting, you know, I get a video taken down for a copyright thing, mm-hmm. or you know, somebody owns this content thing, whatever. And I I won an appeal on a video. It's still on IGTV. It's half me, half filtered me. And I'm basically breaking the video down that happened in Logan, Ohio, where an officer who happens to be an officer Smith, no relation, but he'd be cool as shit to have as a brother, um, was working a ball game, and he gets into it with a female that refuses to leave after she was approached from staff to put her mask on. Now, I break that video down in my own you know, way as far as sarcasm goes, but the reality of it here is there's no enforcement to this mask order. Now, that's what I meant by politics or sniffed around an idea of politics. And when I posted it on Facebook and Instagram, Facebook, it took off like a wildfire 50-50 on the comments as far as, you know, it's a funny video, but there's a point to it. Mm-hmm. Most of my followers get the joke and they, you know, LOL, that's funny. They understand the point that's being made. And then people chime in with this anti-constitutional cop bootlicking, yada, yada, if you're anything, whatever. Now, here's where you'll hit me in the wrong spot, and then gloves will come off. You know, I'm a constitutional police officer. I've been since the oath I took, and that's where I will retire from. I will always maintain that, absolutely, flawlessly uphold our Constitution. That's the first line in our oath. Our state is second to that. Our U.S. Constitution is first to that. Unless your oath is forward, it looks a little different than ours, but I think they're all pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much. And in Ohio, uh, the the mandate, order, whatever you want to call it, with the mask um, has a, I call it COVID-1, so it would have been COVID generation one as far as the March time around when it was first coming mm-hmm. out and as far as all the states go. There was an order put out in Ohio, and there was a uh, enforcement attached to it. Well, you can't tell a constitutional cop that there's an enforcement attached to it making a mandatory enforcement. It fell into a category of like a second-degree misdemeanor here, and you you can't mandate that. There's discretion there. I I would not enforce anything that had to do with that. And here's what screws people up and what kind of pisses me off and gets me jacked up on the on a video when there's a point. You know, I will not and stand in front of anybody here where I'm from, anybody in, in any state and tell them I will never enforce an order that says you have to wear that mask. I won't enforce that. Mm-hmm. They can't make me enforcement, I won't enforce it. However, I'm a sworn police officer. If you don't put that mask on because this grocery store says you have to have it or this gas station says you have to have it and you walk in without it and they ask you to leave their property and you don't leave their property and you stand there and you grandstand the idea that you have a right to be inside their place of business and speak your mind about why you're not wearing it to the point where law enforcement gets called, 
I'm not showing up to your shit show because you're not wearing a mask. I'm showing up because you're not leaving property you've been asked to leave. Correct. And on that side of law enforcement, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you politely. Please do not make me arrest you for some dumb shit like standing here giving your opinion about why that mask shouldn't be on your face when you're in Old Bud's gas station. (laughs) Either put that mask on or bounce because if you don't bounce, I'm not just going to say, well, sorry, bud. Can't help you out in your gas station. I guess I'm going to go leave because somebody might call me a bootlicker. No, sorry. My my oath says I will uphold and enforce those laws, and you're going to go. One way or the other, you're going to go. And the officer that they were attacking in Logan, man, I'm telling you, you want to talk about salt of the earth, good guy, SRO, at a game like every other cop picks up for special detail. Yeah. It's the same thing as if a guy walked into a – now, I don't care what the climate says. It's the same thing as a guy walking into a football game with a T-shirt with a middle finger in the front of it. And staff going, hey, you can't have that in here. It's against our dress code. You're going to have to turn that inside out. There's kids. You know, whatever the reasons they can't wear it. Uh, by God, my First Amendment, right, whatever. And, and you know, what's going to end up happening is the cop working that game is going to get called over there. And this guy, we've asked him to, you know, cover that shirt up, and he won't do it. Will you have him leave? Well, I understand we get invited to somebody else's crisis. That's what, that's what cops do. Right. Okay, man, you've got to turn that shirt inside out or bounce. i got a right to be here with this shirt on. Yeah, do you? You want to split hairs on what's public property and private property and school-owned tax dollars? Well, don't hit a constitutional cop educated with a degree because I'll argue you until I have beat you into submission with my words. <laughs> right. And that's what was going on. In, that's what was going on in Logan and the the lady that they uh, arrested up there. Ironically, I actually had dealings with at the city I worked at. Her and her ex-husband at the time were involved in a sovereign citizen group up there and. She walked through the gates of that football game wearing that mask, knowing that was the school had adopted a policy from a mandate. And everybody wanted to create this narrative like, you know, this tyranny act and this officer, that officer did what he was supposed to do. And if anybody watches that video and looks at it like there's a woman not only refusing orders to get off the property, she's refusing it by a police officer. And when she was told she was under arrest, she resisted that arrest. And that man is a mountain. He could have handled her completely different. He handled her with kid gloves, even though the ass was tased. She was still handled with kid gloves. Oh, no, abuse and excessive force this. Well, anyway, I take hit, hate and hits on that video every day on Instagram. Now, those ones, yeah, I've got a copy and paste for most of them. Saved in my notes. I wait for the, the type of uh, comment they give me, and I hit them with a copy and paste. Mm-hmm. I articulated some of the best smart-ass response I've ever done in my life. It was too good to, you know, to just give it to one person. Right, right. Copy, you had to spread the wealth. I copy, and, I copy and paste that one out. I might have to start doing that. Like, I know Instagram has that quick reply feature. i got to start using that for people just like that. My favorite can is – Can you add your own to that? Can you make up your own? Yeah, yeah. You, it's just oh, like anything oh, else. You, yeah. See, I'm, I'm teaching you, see? I'm um, going to have to look that one up, too. Yeah. Um, like, I know the one that I always get, and I got when I started my page, and I get it to this day, is uh, I posted something, and they were like, oh, well, let's talk about uh, cops – violating policy or violating laws and they start giving um examples they start talking about you know ruby ridge and waco and all these like big mass situations and i said to one guy i said you know what that's 100 percent fair we can talk about that but first let's go ahead and talk about the millions of cops and the millions of calls for service per day that are handled constitutionally legally ethically as long as you will address that then we can address everything else and they usually shut up yeah, after that yeah you don't get a bite on that man that's not the fun narrative that doesn't, right. that's not a narrative that changes the culture of the united states that we're currently in right now it's not fun to listen to somebody say yeah i get it but derek chauvin is a piece of shit 
I get that. Um, but let's talk about, you know, the 99.9999% of guys that, you know, truly went out and did their job that day. Well, that's not, that's not fun. Right. That's not right. fun. Not unless you're a cop and you want to listen to it. It's not fun. But, I, you know, what I've noticed here, too, and I, I got worked up back then. I, I was I was fighting what I felt like every cop, every good cop in, in, in the U.S. should have been fighting. I didn't get tired of that fight. I'll always be an advocate for law enforcement, for good law enforcement. I'll always be an advocate for the old timers because, you know, they've seen stuff change so dramatically. I'll be an advocate for the new guy because, God love him, I wouldn't start over today. In 2020, I started at 19. I would not be a 19-year-old me today starting in 2020 as a police officer. So the ones that are choosing to do it, my hats are off to them. I'll always advocate for that. But to argue, and I I, I say this to my kids a lot too, I, I have a horrible vocabulary. And I got some bad language too, but I have a horrible vocabulary. And what I mean when I say that is I don't necessarily say the right words that mean the same to everybody. So mm-hmm. I'm throwing that disclaimer out there. When I say that, like, to get to go back up, to go back to what you were saying, to advocate for good police officers, I'll do that every day. I'll never get tired of doing that. Mm-hmm. What I have gotten exhausted with, and this is where the bad vocabulary comes in, is like I will argue with anybody. The beat the dead horse, it's worse than that. It's like staring face-to-face into a brick wall and just, just screaming, expecting that brick wall to back up a step. And right. I won't waste my time with that anymore. That's why sarcasm to me is it's a weapon. If you're good at it, and you are and you are intelligent or at least educated to the argument. Um, it makes me feel like there's been more of a an impact to an idiot uh, with sarcasm than there is trying to argue with them with logic because there's no logic in their complaint. Right. So you can't beat it with logic. If you come at me with as a as a half cocked idiot, I'm going to come at you both barrels with some <laughs> of the nastiest, corrosive, saltiest uh, sarcasm. I'm going to hit you right with it, and then you're going to LOL it, and you're going to say, I knew you'd say that, but you know what? They stop eventually. Right. Yeah, eventually uh, they will give up that fight. But I don't. I right. enjoy it. <laughs> right, and I mean, that's good. And you've got the uh, sarcastic know-it-all, or, or wherewithal, I should say, to uh, to keep coming at it. So that's good. So one of your jokes or one of your videos that I really want to talk about real quick is the one that we talked about, your – you're one of well, you have quite a few where you're talking about dispatchers and then you kind of give them a hard time. You talk about Tammy the dispatcher. Have anyone that you worked with directly have they ever taken like offense to some of the things you're saying, like for example, a dispatcher and like come back at you or they they understand that they're just jokes? So I probably like from the start to now have taken a couple of just DMs, nothing in face to face person, nothing anybody I've worked with, nothing like that. Um, from dispatchers that make, you know, a statement that's, I can't believe you would say that, blah, blah, thin gold line, we got your back, and I'm like typing back, uh, how long have you done your job? Um, you know, I've, I've been here like three months, I'm like, give it some time, the shit will be fine. <laughs> um, and it's the same with firemen, you know, like I, I, I really joke on firemen pretty hard, but you know, that's our culture, but I have also had, Firemen come into messages and say things like, you know, firemen are real heroes. You're just a piece of shit cop. And then they, like, throw their red flag and go to their profile, and they're a fireman somewhere. It's like, no offense, because I was a volunteer. It's like, man, you're, like, 19 years old running a volunteer truck somewhere. You know, tap into some of these full-timers that enjoy this because they understand the culture. Mm -hmm. But as far as your question, 
I have never. Now, i got to give this out to Tammy. So Tammy's real. Okay. Um, Tammy's a real person. That's her real first name. God love her heart. She would find me, and she would break my legs if I ever identified where she's at. Um, <laughs> but Tammy's a real person. And that video that you're talking about, I I think it might be actually the one before that. The first time Tammy's name is brought up in a dispatch video. Um, it was busy in the city, let me tell you, man. And, and we had you know zones like most cities do. And how we would like relief for meal breaks was like a system. And then if a zone was out for meal, then, you know, this zone might cover that zone. And most of the calls that we got were pretty systematic to like, you know, a fair split. And man, it was just one of them days. The cop guys were not shining down on me. And I was getting hammered with every paper call from here to hell on the west side. And I was like, Tammy, I'm down. Like, I'm just down. Well, I'm in dispatch, and she's like, she gives me just as much shit as I give her. And she was like, how you doing? I'm like, listen, I'm just going to be real with you. You give me one more, one more call. I'm going home making a video about you. And she was <laughs> like, uh-huh. And the phone rings. It was almost like, you know, God letting me know. And Tammy knows that we don't control nothing. They control the phone. <laughs> right. She's like, you know, 911, what's your emergency? And I could tell by the way she responded next, uh-huh. And what's that address? I'm like, this is coming. She was like, I'll have somebody on their way. Hangs up the phone, turn around, looks at me, and just starts waving with that, like, kind of like the princess wave, but it's like the bye-bye version of that. Uh-huh, yep. It's like, you got a call, and I'm like, you got a video coming. I did. <laughs> and I made that video, and that's the first time that she um, was mentioned, as far as Tammy goes. That was the first viral video that I had. I had. The one where, that you were talking about was like, a, you know, a, a pickup from Tammy. That's, any comment that I had or, or joke that I had about what dispatch does to officers was always around Tammy. And I'll tell you what's crazy about my page is that first big push of followers that was, you know, definitely cop supporters have always been there. And cops have always been there was just flooded with dispatchers. And the ones that I guess I should say it like this and not, not intend to be an asshole, but like the ones that matter, the dispatchers that were flooding my dad, a dispatcher from a um, somewhere up in one of the Chowderhead states, like Maine, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, somewhere up there, that was a part of this like like nationally recognized group of communications officers that reached out to me and asked me to do a video for their conference. And I'm like, you guys are cool with that? Like, oh my God! Like, we all strive to be Tammy. If you really <laughs> pay attention, if you pay attention to those videos, that Tammy figure, that authority. Is somebody that lets you know that you don't control where you go today. I control where you go today. Mm-hmm. And my Tammy, she knew that. And I, the sweet tea was no joke. I would <laughs> roll in there with sweet tea, snacks, anything I could do, and it never worked, but I still tried. Right. Uh, so I've never, I've never gotten any that mattered, the negative. I've always got positive from dispatchers because I know they know, and, and I've, I've done, you know, dispatcher shout out videos to let them know in a reality that I, I do believe them to be a category of first responders. I, mm-hmm. I do believe that states now are picking that up and some states are recognizing dispatchers as first responders. Um, I could not do that job. I did it for a very small police department and it strung me out so bad. I've never had the anxiety. Um, and I've been on some pretty crazy shit as a cop, but I never had that same feeling as I did on that desk and the people that do it and do it right and do it with a passion. Dude, they're stronger than I'm ever going to be on the inside. Yeah. So I've got nothing but love uh, for dispatchers. Yep, I, I agree with you 100%. So when you're not making videos, when you're not, you know, fighting idiots on the comments, when you're not making memes, what what else do you do to decompress from work? So the only sport that I'm into, because like you have discussed uh, or brought up earlier, I am prehistoric. 
The only physical sport that I do as far as a solo guy thing that I'm still into is I like boxing. I'm too old to get hit in the face anymore, but I still like to to train in the idea that, you know, hit a heavy bag, speed bag, or, or work mix with somebody that knows how to hold them kind of thing. That's about it when it comes to something physical. My kids have became my, my recreation. My older two are in sports. I love every minute of every day that I've got with them. If you follow my Instagram, most of the time it's my, my Instagram sees more of my, my personal side of me. I always include my kids occasionally. Uh, my youngest daughter, Adrienne, she's, uh, she just turned six on Thanksgiving. She's in my last video we did, um, against that snowflake Santa. Um, my, my kids, um, are probably the best blessing release that I've got as far as being a cop goes. So I am like dad first, cop second, social media guy third, but most people that don't know me on a personal level see social media guy first. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the reality is like it's dad first, cop second, social media guy third. So most of the time I'm running from ball games, even though COVID's kind of jacked things up this year, uh, my older two have been able to still do most of their sports with uh, a pretty decent schedule. Um, my daughter's getting ready to start her traveling volleyball, which is an absolute nightmare <laughs> by itself. It's going to be horrible, I'm sure, with COVID, but we're going to get through it. Uh, boys in basketball right now for the basketball season. That, that's where I decompress. I, I get to be dad and hang out with my kids. I just brought my, my sons. That's what was delaying me to call you. Um, I ordered him what he wanted for Christmas from a pair. He's a shoe kid, which and I've got like one, get one pair of shoes a year, and I run them to the end of the year. Yep. And then I take those shoes, and they become grass-cutting shoes, and then I get mm-hmm. a new pair. And my girl got me a new pair of Under Armour tennis shoes, which I've never had before, and I'm loving them because I don't feel like I'm wearing shoes. But my boy is a shoe kid. He's got more shoes at the age of uh, 13 than I have at 42 collected from when I was 13. So I dropped <laughs> right. him off some shoes. And it's not like I drop those off to him like it's a – and don't get me wrong when I say it's a, it's a buddy. I mean, I my kids know that I'm dad. And I know that they're my kids, but like my relationship with them is, is above that. Like, like my boy is my best friend. Like I dropped my, my best buddy's shoes off to him mm-hmm. to make fun of him because he's a shoe kid. Made him open a box in front of me to make sure I didn't get gypped in the mail because I don't know what a real freaking Jordan shoe is. Mm-hmm. My shoes are black. I don't even have like white soles on my shoes. So I get my stuff dirty. And he's all like, dad, this is, it's authentic because there's a hole in the box. I'm like, there's a, hole in one side of your head, son, because that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And he's like, all right, old man, do you remember how to get home? I'm like, yeah, go inside before the neighbors take you in. And, like, and my boy goes inside. Like, I, I, I love being a dad. It's, it's just it's the most rewarding. And like I said, I've done some cool things at work, but being a dad has been the most rewarding thing in my career. That's awesome. I, I love hearing that. Uh, family is just so important in our line of work. I mean, if you don't oh, have absolutely. a strong family base, then, you know, nothing else is going to gonna matter so um all right man i really appreciate this part of the conversation i i I think we hit a lot of great points and i loved hearing your perspective on things uh we're going to transition uh to wrap it up we've got two things for you so typically i do this thing called signal three where i hit you with a bunch of random questions and we're just kind of like give me the first thing that comes to your mind we're going to do a shortened version of that but first i pulled everybody on instagram yesterday and I'm going to hit you with a couple of their this or that. So I'm going to give you two options. You pick what you would, this or that. All right. All right. Would you rather, or this or that, cold or hot weather? Hot weather. Dogs or cats? Dogs. 100% dogs. Yeah, I'm with you. Blondes or brunettes? Well, 
I want to. I can't split that, can I? Uh, I'll I'll give you. I'll let you split it. This one. All right. So here's how. Here's how I will split it. If she is a natural brunette, but she decides to go blonde in the nice weather because it seems like that's what chicks do. If it's cold, let's go darker. (laughs) Whatever. Then I'm okay with that. If she is a a blonde and she decides to go brunette at some point, I'm cool with that. You didn't throw anything darker or redhead in there, so I'm good. I'm just going to stay neutral on that and say they're both (laughs) equally just perfect. There you go. Uh, Macaroni salad or potato salad? If it's Amish made, potato salad. What is Amish made potato salad? I don't know, but if you look in your grocery store, you're going to find potato salad. It's going to say potato salad or it's going to say Amish potato salad. I have no idea, but the Amish is better. (laughs) Okay. I like it. Uh, Paintball or airsoft? Airsoft. Uh, Charleston Chew or saltwater taffy? Charleston Chew. I'm old, man. (laughs) Uh, Never cut your fingernails again or never cut your toenails again? Mm. I'm going to have to say keeping the fingernails cut. Yeah. I I think you do too much with your hands. It would get in the way. Yeah. Uh, Would you rather go to a week-old stinker? Or a whole block of car burglaries that you have to handle by yourself? I would rather go to a month-old stinker. Really? Oh, yeah. Car burglaries? You can have them all day, pal. <laughs> Dispatcher or nurse? I need to know what the substance to that question is. <laughs> uh, to, we'll, we'll just keep it at, like, date. Well, hmm. it's probably going to get me jammed up because you realize that there's a the, there's a stigma between cops and 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 nurses. Uh-huh. And I've been There's down all- that road. I know, but see, listen, let me finish now. I've been down that road with the nurses, and that is actually Nurse Smith on social media as well, who is my ex-wife. In oh, case okay. anybody's it. Yeah. Now, we get along content to content. We've done videos together. Uh, any of the nursing videos that you've seen, she's been in them. Um, I have never dated a dispatcher. So just on the sense of unknown waters, even though I know they're vicious and violent, um, <laughs> like I'm a fucking badger. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with dispatch because you know what I'm I'm battle tested. Uh, I've got skin like a skin like an armadillo, so I'm gonna take a dispatcher on that one. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, would you rather force patrol overtime or doing juvenile DUI enforcement? Oh, I would take the forced overtime. As bad as I hate being forced, I would take it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, would you rather be a state trooper in any state of your choice or a city of Portland police officer? Well, I, I'm going to go with city of Portland because, um, well, I don't have a circumcision mark on my forehead, so I don't think the hat I don't think the hats would work for me. Now I've got some good buddies that are state troopers, but I'd have to I'd have to hit, hit the bricks, man. I have to take it in Portland. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, go out or stay home for New Year's? I'm still a little rambunctious. Go out. I'd go out for New Year's. Okay. Okay. If you had to choose, uh, would you rather deal with a snake or a spider? It wouldn't matter to me. Neither one of those things are I'm fearful of. Might as well let the world know because everybody else knows. I'm scared to death of birds. If that would have said birds and snakes, I'd have been like eating the snake. Uh, (laughs) Spiders and snakes, I'd take on either one. Nice. Uh, Mickey D's or the BK Lounge? Mickey D's. Okay. Yeah, I I have bad experiences with Burger King, so I'm with you. I have a horrible college memory of a Burger King, so yeah, I'm gonna go with McDonald's. Sprayed or tased? All day, all day tased. Yep, I'm with you with that one. But all right, follow up. Would you rather get pepper sprayed in the face or pepper balled in the chest? Pepper sprayed in the face. Yeah, I think I'm with you with that one. And the last one of the this or that's Fritos or Doritos. 
Is that Fritos or Doritos? That yeah. first part kind of cut out. Oh, Fritos. Old school Fritos. All right. And then the last part of the interview today, man, is going to be uh, Signal 3, the hit and run question. So uh, just going to be a few of them, and then we will wrap this thing up. What is one of your most embarrassing bonehead rookie moves? Embarrassing bonehead rookie moves? Mm-hmm. Gosh, my whole life is is stuff like that, but I can't think of any. I really don't know that I've got a – well, yes, it takes me a minute to think about it. Okay, so make this one quick. Uh, arrest somebody for a theft, me and another deputy. Um, get the person back to the office, uh, get them to, towards the jail to get them booked in. Now, he and I graduated high school together. We both knew each other real well. We played off each other real well, worked with each other even better. So we're doing the good cop, good cop thing, and it's which is the good cop, bad cop, trying to get cooperation out of this guy. Now, he was apparently a lot younger than we were, but certainly of, of age to be an adult. And we handled our own fish, so to speak. We catch him, we clean him. So we're getting him through the booking process, and we get into the changing him out, and she can't put me back there. Um, I'm a girl. No, you are not. You're not pulling that with us. Uh, get changed out. Um, so the changing out was was semi-modest, a little bit private, uh, get him changed out, get him in the back uh, to find out as soon as she hit the pod that she was a female. Now, I'm telling you, I've seen some crazy things in Appalachia. I'm a pretty good uh, uh, detector of male to female, but certainly during the pat, certainly at minimum during the pat-down, and would have still today told you that this was a absolute female or absolute male at the beginning no, no, it was a, 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 a born natural female that we thought was a male that made it into a male pod for about 30 seconds before we realized it was a female. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, what was your high school mascot? A marauder. Uh, I guess a, a pirate is what, what some people say. The, the definition marauder, um, it's, I guess, a little different, but we were marauders. Okay. Favorite donut flavor? Traditional glazed Krispy Kreme. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, big moment of your life. The background music's playing. What song is playing? Anything from Shine Down. Yep. And I think that was actually our first conversation was talking about Shine Down. Oh yeah, uh, man. Shine Down's my that's my band. Yeah, that's uh, if I need like a good workout, that Shine Down's coming on. Uh, what was your high school? No, I'm sorry. What was your childhood dream job? Believe it or not, it was to be a police officer, second grade. Uh, career day at school. I didn't have any idea what a cop was, but that's what I dressed up like in a blue jogging suit, jogging pants, jogging shirt. Mom cut out a gold badge and construction paper and taped it to my shirt. Get to school, and the chief of police just happened to be there for career day. Scared the shit out of me. I pulled that badge off my shirt, stuck it under my desk, and hid until the teacher, God love her, she said, Somebody in here wanted to be a police officer. Where's little Ricky at? And I'm mortified, dying, scared to death this man was going to pull me in half because he was a mountain. Monster for a second grader. <laughs> uh, but that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. I'm still working on it. That's awesome. Um, if you weren't a cop, what would you be doing? Well, I would I would have told you teaching uh, because whenever I was in high school, I thought cops don't make a lot of money. I'll go to school and be a teacher, and I'll be like, you know, the National Guard version of a cop and get commissioned to work weekends. Um, I've got to teach. I loved it. Um, and there's going to be so many. If, if, if some of my, like, diehards listen to this, man, I'm going to take such a hit. Um, but if I could go back and do it again and not be a cop and be something, I'd be a fireman. Okay, that's fair. I think for me it's a paramedic, but same idea. Um, let's see. Who's your favorite Looney Tune? Favorite Looney Tune, Bugs Bunny. 
Okay. If you could share a meal with one person, dead or alive, that you never met, who would it be and what would you order? Who would it be? It would be Sylvester Stallone, and it would have to be some cool Italian thing, that anything that he served in his Rocky Balboa, like the last of the Rocky series, in his restaurant, Adrian's. Very nice. That's that's a good uh, good reference there, too. What is the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? The best piece of advice anybody ever gave me? Gosh, man, I've been given so many things. Um, I'll probably have to paraphrase part of it, and it seems like it's a combination of something that my great-grandpa had told me. My dad had told me, my mother had told me, um, some important people in my life, just friends, um, older friends, some of which that were officers, some of which that have passed away. And it was always around the same idea that you're, the name that you have is the only name that you're given. Uh, don't do anything to tarnish that name. Uh, when you give that name to somebody else, may it be a spouse or your kids, is to, to give them the same and like keep that, that name means something, even if it just means something to you. For the people that's closest to you, don't do anything to give that name up. Now, there's variations of that, but it's just to be that, to be yourself, to be proud of what you've got, where you've came from, uh, what you're evolving to, even if it doesn't compare to the guy down the street. I've never been somebody that does that, look across the road and say, I wish I had what that guy's got. If I wanted it, I would go after it myself. And I think it's all a variation of that, is to just, mm-hmm. you know, stand for something uh, inside yourself and, and push with that. And that's... I'm, still doing it today i'm pushing a lot slower with some back injuries and whatnot but i think that uh the advice that i've been given about keeping your name something solid um is probably what stuck with me the most very good and um late at night sweatpants watching tv what is your go-to late night snack what makes you think i sit around in pants Everybody oh, says that. <laughs> sorry for assuming my late night snack, my favorite is um, that smart food, whatever that black bag of cheddar, white cheddar flavored popcorn. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite, and I, I will have a standby in case I run out of that and I forget to go get some. Is like I've got boxes of microwave popcorn and that like movie theater shake on white cheddar. Yep. And I'll like I'll like redneck it. And I'll nice. make it if I run out. Just make your own. Very good. That's my and, go uh, to. I love it. I will go through an entire bag in one sitting if I don't stop myself. All right, and the last one, if you were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped with to help you get out? Man, listen, I'm a Sylvester Sloan nut because my mom says that he's actually my biological dad, but he won't return her phone call. <laughs> there's not there's not a Sylvester Sloan movie that I, I don't know by every word, um, including Stopping the Normal Shoot and Oscar. Like, people don't like those movies. But it would have to be Rambo. Now, here's where I'm jacked up with Rambo. Be Sylvester Sloan. In his version of Rambo 1, like the first Rambo, that guy, even though there was no war in that movie, but like like the badass that he was in like First Blood Part 2 when he actually is in war, that's who I would be in a fossil with. Perfect. Sounds great. All right, Officer Smith, we are going to wrap this up. I really appreciate you taking your time. I'm going to turn the floor over to you, turn the mic over to you, whatever you want to say. Uh, plug your social media, say anything that I may have forgotten to say. The floor is yours. So I want to I, – I, this is what I want to plug. I want to plug and somebody that, that's certainly not going to be uh, not familiar to your listeners. I'm sure it, he's younger than me, but I, he's got to be one of the, the grandfathers of the cop social media world. And that's Officer Daniels. Um, that guy had no reason to know me, had no reason to stumble on my stuff. Um, it was one of the early on dispatch videos that he had seen it and shared it. I just noticed like, you know, in one day that 
my followers had jumped up quite a bit on on Facebook, and I saw that he shared that. I screenshotted it. I posted it on my uh, personal page, like Fangirl, like man, Officer Dan was just shared my stuff. I had started a Twitter account back then, but it, like I said, it was because of my boy. He was um, uh, telling me I needed to get my name on all of it, so somebody didn't take it. And he had messaged me. Daniels had messaged me on Twitter. When I look at that message, I'm like, that's got to be a fake account. That can't be him. So I did my own little prying around on social media to, to see that that was a real account, not somebody had cloned it. And I had messaged him back a little bit sarcastic to see if it was really him. And then I get a video message uh, back from him that, if I remember it correctly, because I got it saved in my phone somewhere. It's like I said, I fangirled. He, like, video messaged me back, kind of flipping me off, saying, like, yeah, dude, it's really me. And I got the you know, swap phone numbers, and we, we talked a bunch, got to hang out with him in D.C., um, and that, I mean, he had no reason to help me, uh, and it wasn't like he was giving a guy a handout. He actually liked my content. And when I got to, to meet him, I got to meet some other folks that have been, have became friends now. Um, like Vinny Montez, if you get a chance to talk to Vinny, I mean, the, the dude is a career cop. He's in supervision. He's like our version of a sergeant here, but he's like a commander out in Colorado. Stand-up comic, funny as shit, man, like real stand-up comedy. Uh, hook him and book him. Out in California, Officer Ashley Smith, who's my biological sister, in case anybody asks you. Um, I hate to uh, – 9-11-strong uh, out in California. Sitting there trying to think of the uh, – got to meet Chelsea Lynn, Trader Trash Tammy. Let me tell you what, that was a cool chick. And what social media has done to me is – for me, it's hooked me up with people that are like-minded with the same idea in mind. And that is like putting a face – I hate to use the humanizing the badge tagline so I feel like that – means something a little bit different, but that's what it is. It's 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 real people uh, with a real career that found a way in social media to to get you know get a laugh, make somebody feel good. Even though we got haters and negative and whatever, um, I know what we're into it for. So mm-hmm. I wanted to say that I wanted to, I wanted to tell those people that I appreciate Mike the cop. He's another godfather in it. Love that dude stuff. These are career cops that that found a way to make like bridge a gap between. You know, the community that we've been paid to police and protect, but see that we're human beings that like to laugh and joke. Um, I don't really um, really know how to plug my stuff. If you've got listeners that don't follow Officer Smith, I'd appreciate them stopping by. Um, I typically put my content on all platforms because I know people are Instagram people. Some people are Facebook people. I don't know. I'm better at answering questions than just that. <laughs> I will tell you this, the secret to my page, none of my material is written. None of it is scripted. None of it is um, uh I'll be driving down the road, hit an idea, record a little comment in my phone so I don't forget it because I'm getting older, and um, cut a video. I do get people that send me stuff that um, inspire videos, but none of my stuff's written. That's where right. you know the sarcasm is. I'll tell you, you know the sarcasm is real. Yeah, that's perfect. That's good to know. All right, man, I really appreciate you taking some time and, and taking the drive to, to have a conversation with me. It was, uh, it was great. Hey, I'm glad I really, it worked out. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And for everyone listening, we will be right back.
we are back. And as always, a major thanks to my guest, Officer Smith. Um, if you haven't ever checked out his content, and I, at this point, I don't even know how that's even possible. He's everywhere on every app, and he's just hilarious. Uh, make sure you do that because it's good content. It's funny content. It really matches what we think. And he himself is just a great guy, as you guys hopefully just figured that out. And he's doing it for all the right reasons. There's no, you know, it, it, it really seems like he's on social media for altruistic purposes to entertain, to have everyone feel good, not self-serving. And that's what we want and need. Um, so moving forward from there, uh, over the past few weeks, uh, probably a week or two, um, I asked my Instagram followers to call into the show and share some New Year well wishes and, and just, you know, give a shout out or whatever they'd like to do. So let's go ahead. We'll, we'll fire up the voicemail and let's see who called in. Hello. No one is available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Officer Y. Hey, Ten Eight Podcast and Hey, Ten Eight Memes. All the best in 2021. Stay fun, stay safe, and stay as amazingly informative and funny as you have been up until now. Officer Y, this is Jake from the middle of Illinois. And this year, 2021, I cannot wait to get the fuck out of Walmart and put this fucking bachelor's degree to you. Other than loading up goddamn groceries, I went, I don't even know how much money at a four-year school to get this bachelor's that I know that I didn't really need to get and I probably shouldn't have gotten. But, dude, I just can't fucking wait to have bad things done to be one of y'all. Happy New Year, buddy. Can't wait to hear this episode. There you go. 10-8, mean, 10-8 podcast. They're great. Both great. You're great. It's all great. You know what's not great? How long that rang? I waited, I don't know, about 30 seconds. Just ringing. Just ringing. Leave you a voicemail. Hope you appreciate it, bud. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Hey, it's Dispatcher Shenanigan wishing you an adequate New Year because I'm here to keep your expectations in line. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wait, this isn't the late night call for 10 8 memes OnlyFans? Fucking Red Gun Squad. Again, misleading me. God damn it! Probably can't have nice things. Anywho, figured I'd call in. Your boy Frank Castle. Leave a nice message. Hope all is well. Everyone's staying safe and healthy. Best of luck this week. Not like you need it. Uh, I guess eventually the uh, moose will uh, show me the way out, out of here. Uh, shout out to Blue Line Grit, of course, you know, have that all the Jersey boys represented. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You ready to hit the gym for night shift? It looks like it's a full moon. So, what shenanigans could happen tonight? Hopefully it's a quiet night. Yes, I know, I just think to myself. to be for a good time. Anyways, everyone enjoy, and to be cliche, see you next year. I want to thank everyone that called in, uh, I think it's really a fun way to interact with you guys through the podcast platform. If I was a live show, I'd have, you know, one of those cool little call boxes and I would actually listen to you guys and we could talk uh, like a, you know, like a radio show. But I don't have that. Um, so that's, this is what I got. Um, I also got a text message from someone named Alyssa. 
I, I don't know anyone else. But she said she's looking forward to 2021 where her dad is going to undergo immunotherapy to help combat his stage four kidney cancer. So you guys are in my thoughts and hopefully everyone listening as well. Um, I know a thing or two about sick parents, so I definitely can empathize with you there. So, um, like I was saying, I, I try to interact with you guys as much as possible through the Instagram platform, uh, through story posts, DMs, and even in the comments, even though I kind of stay away from them, like I told Officer Smith. Um, so this platform, the podcast, if you want to give me a call, it really doesn't matter what you say, what you want to shout out, ask a question, whatever. It really doesn't matter. I'm totally down for it. Just know that if uh, if you show your ass, I'm going to clown you for it. But everyone that's called in so far has been cool, and I really hope to keep it that way. So the number, I'm going to start posting it at the top of every podcast post, is 352-610-1692. Again, 352-610-1692. So call in, leave a message. If you get all worried about calling me and then me picking up, and then it's going to be awkward because you don't like talking on the phone, trust me, I get that too. It goes straight to the voicemail. My phone doesn't even ring. Um, because what was happening was it was forwarding to my phone and I would see a number that I don't know and I would just cancel the call and then this was kind of all for naught. So I, I got rid of the call forwarding. You're not going to talk to me. You're going to speak to a voicemail and then I will play the recording that week or whatever. So you can also text, but for an audio podcast, the voicemail really just works better. So, um, you know, whatever you want to do, if you it, listen, just Know that these options are out there. So 352-610-1692. And I'll be sure to make that more readily available uh, in my different platforms. So 2020 was a crazy year. Uh, I swear there, there were times this year and there are still times to this day, the last day, where it feels like we're in some weird ass movie. Like between the conspiracy theories, the doomsday scenarios, the shadiness of the government, the untruthfulness and the uh, censoring of the mainstream media. And like Officer Smith says, uh, social media is becoming mainstream media. Everyone is feeling on edge this year. Uh, and, and we all just want some sense of normalcy. That's, that's all I really want. Um, I don't hate people. I don't even dislike most of the people in the world. Uh, we're all in this together, and it is time that we start acting like it. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. If you're Christian, Jew, Muslim, black, white, Spanish, I really don't care. It doesn't matter to me what your color, creed, religion, orientation, or anything. We are all in this together, except for, like, you know, suicide terrorists, pedophiles, like a very small section of the world population. Other than that, we're all in this together. So, I have many personal goals for 2021, as I do every year. Um, I hope to see 10.8 grow and become something more. And for those of you that continue to support me, I, I want to give more to you guys. Um, if this is your first time listening or checking out the meme page or you know whatever, I really want to welcome you from the bottom of my heart and implore you to go through and see all the other good stuff that I have lying around. Um, I've got over a thousand memes that you can go through. I've got merch. I've got a Spotify playlist that I've cultivated myself, my, my own personal music choices, because, you know, as you'll see, if you're new, Story has a lot of different music. Not different. I mean, we're not going to be listening to, like, 
uh, Punjabi pop punk. Though that would be cool. If you have any of that, let me know. I want to check it out. But yeah, just stuff to listen to, stuff to check out, stuff to make your day a little brighter. And then, of course, I have this wonderful little podcast. So if you, this is your first time, if Officer Smith brought you from his following to now, welcome to my little slice of awesome. So as we close out today's episode, I want to do today's code four check. And it's very, very serious to me. This time of year, the holidays, as well as, you know, the way this entire year has been, stress and negative thoughts are, are just through the roof. Suicides and substance abuse rates are high, and it's awful. There are a few things as awful than to get a call from someone that someone you know, you work with, you care for, has passed away by their own hand. And that happened to me on Christmas morning. I've been the responding unit to an officer-involved suicide. I hear about it all too frequently around the country. I have people messaging me that tell me that they aren't feeling right and that all they have are negative thoughts. Uh, Mental health is a major topic for me. And I'm someone who my entire life has kind of disregarded my own mental health. And now I'm trying to be someone who is trying to stay proactive about it. Um, I've gone to therapy sessions. I've talked to people, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do better myself as I've talked about in different episodes. You know, I've always been just putting things in their box and forgetting the boxes there until the box blows up and we have bigger issues. You know, in, in my past, I've dealt with, uh, rage, stress, paranoia, stuff like that. Whether I know you personally or not, I care about you. What I was saying a few moments ago, we are all part of this big old family called the human condition. And if you're a brother or sister in blue, it's a little closer connection. And I know we take a lot of shit home with us. We may do everything in our power to separate what is going on at work and what was going on at home, but it's still going to stick with us. What I've tried to make abundantly clear to all of you that listen and all of you that follow me, and, you know, I hate using that word follow, but it, anyone that interacts me interacts with me on uh, social media in any stretch of the imagination. You are not alone. Reach out and we will get through it together. I don't want to hear that you don't think we'll understand because that's bullshit. If, if I don't understand, I guarantee you I can find one of the 20,000 people that follow my page that do understand, at least one of them. And also, I have great contacts with people and organizations like Project 109, Copline, uh, Blue Help. I, I have connections that you do too. They're they're all open to the public, but I have reached out to these individual organizations and I would be more than happy to get you in contact with the people you need. I will even give you my personal cell phone number if you need it. So please reach out. There's a picture circulating the internet. It says something to the effect of, I'd rather stay up late listening to what's bothering you than have to attend your funeral. And it's true. And it is, I mean... That that's what it is. At the end of the day, I, I I truly empathize for anybody in that situation, in that state of mind, where that is their only option. What I am trying to do, and what a lot of us are trying to do, is to make it abundantly clear that it's not going to be that way. So, please reach out to us, and uh, let's let's get through this together. So I I don't want to leave this episode on a sad note, but this is a very real situation that all of us are facing, whether we know it yet or not. 
You know, someone right next to you could be having these thoughts. You could be having these thoughts and you just don't want to admit it. That's that's okay. I understand. We need to get through that. We need to break that barrier. You know, the Roll Call Room podcast talks about it all the time. Uh, Logan Campbell, Officer Campbell has talked about it before. Brady Tucker's talked about it. All the people that I have, um, Ben and Dave, they don't, they're, they're a little bit more jovial about everything, but they've definitely talked about it. I've talked about it with them in private. All these different people in this community have talked about it, that we all feel the same way. It is not a singular feeling. It's not a singular emotion. So please don't be afraid to reach out. So with that, and I could probably just do 30 minutes of just talking about that and rambling and letting my emotions get the better of me. But with that, I will conclude the episode. Um, Once again, I want to thank you to Officer Smith for having the interview. He's another one you can talk to. Um, I want to thank everyone that reached out for me with their well wishes. I want you to check us out next week where I will have Stephanie from Project 109 and Dispatcher Mo, And she's going to be coming in. They're both going to be coming in. And we will discuss the rise of the bunker bitches. That's right. It's going to be a great conversation with a bunch of dispatchers. And we are going to be talking about how they interact with other public safety workers. And uh, it's, it's a good conversation. It's a lot of fun. And you're not going to want to miss it because, you know, it's Dispatcher Mo. It's Stephanie. What could possibly go wrong? The music today was You're Me Now by Big D and the Kids Table. Everyone But You by The Front Bottoms. We had Asking For It by Shinedown. Um, during the little call-in section, that was the new Old Lang Syne by Lesson Jake. And we're going to wrap it up with Together Will Ring in the New Year by Motion City Soundtrack. If you're working tonight, as am I, uh, be safe. If you're celebrating, as I wish I was, be safe. And uh, yes, to be cliche, we will see you in 2021. Uh, from 10-8 headquarters here in Florida, take care of each other and be safe. 10-8, out. This must be it. Welcome to the new year. The drinks were consumed, the plants were destroyed, and the orders dismantled. I'm not smiling behind this fake veneer. I am often interrupted or completely ignored. But most of all, I'm bored I'm trying to find out if my words have any meaning Lackluster and full of contempt And it always ends the same Why won't she listen to me? Why did I come? Oh, why did I come here? Humans all suck I'd rather be home Feeling violent and lonely I'm not trying To sound so insincere But the postcard That's taped to the free